welcome to Docupied, a podcast about anime, manga, light novels, and industry news. I'm your host, Brandon, otherwise known as DocPay, and got a minor update on the format for the show, mainly in regards to what to do with the news roundup. I don't want to get rid of it, so what I'm going to do going forward now is split the news roundup off into its own episode and do that maybe once a month or so. There's not always all that much to talk about or a lot of things to cover, so I figured maybe better to split that off so that listeners can pick what they want. You know, do you just want to hear the discussion on the series, the recommendation, the review, or do you want to listen to that and the the news roundup? So I'm going to split the news roundup off into its own, like, separate full episode. I'll pick kind of big news stories and maybe talk about them a little bit more instead of just reading headlines. That feels like it would be a little more useful to listeners. So if you like this idea or like this format, let me know. Toss a reply uh, to me on Twitter. I'm always trying to adjust or improve the, the format or the podcast. So generally what that's going to mean going forward is I'm going to just jump straight into you know, the recommendation for the episode or the review or whatever it is I'm doing. And then obviously on the news episodes, that'll just be new stuff. I'm still not sure if I want to talk about multiple series per episode like I've done before, or if I want to do like one at a time. Not sure. Trying to figure out what a good episode length is as well. I've been keeping them to under 40 minutes or somewhere in that range. But, you know, for the podcasts I listen to in my own time, they can tend to be pretty long themselves, you know, upwards of an hour or longer. So hey, if you're listening to this, let me know, you know, do you like shorter episodes? More in the 20 to 30 minute range? Longer? More in the 30 to 45? An hour? Yeah, I'm not sure I'm going to do an hour every week by myself, but, you know, the difference between 20 and 40 minutes is generally if I'm going to talk about one or two things per episode. So yeah, Let me know what you think about all this stuff. Send me a message on Twitter. Very interested to hear what listeners have to say. Without further ado then, let's jump right into the recommendation for this episode. You already know what it is. It's in the title of the episode. But here's your general spoiler warning. As usual, I will not be talking about specific plot points or character developments, but I will be talking in general about the series and characters. So there's your warning. As you saw from the episode title, today's episode, I'm going to be talking about So I'm a Spider, So What? by Okinababa, published by Yen On, or Yen Press's light novel imprint. There are currently eight volumes released in English. The ninth volume is due out later this month in August. And as of recording, I've read the first seven volumes of this. Astute listeners might remember that I'd talked about this series before because it got rescheduled, the anime, I mean. It got put back on the schedule, and I'd said, ah, you know what, I'm just going to wait, I'll watch the show, see if I like it, and then maybe jump into the novels. Well, obviously, I didn't do that. (laughs) Um, The long and short of it is that Right Stuff had their, you know, anniversary sale, Yen Press put up bundles of light novels, and one of them was So I'm a Spider, So What? 
and I'm a sucker for a good price for a light novel, you know, at that level of discount. So hey, I bought the first eight volumes in their bundles, you know, one to four and then five to eight. They arrived and well, I figured, hey, I'll just read the first volume, see what's what, and then maybe jump into some of my other backlogged volumes. And well, I just finished reading volume seven this morning. So yeah, I'm going to read volume eight tomorrow, but podcast has to go out today because it's Thursday. I'm kind of recording it late, but I wanted to finish volume seven before I recorded. Honestly, for no other reason than I was just really engrossed and I forgot to record the episode last night. So here we are. So yeah, I ended up reading this series. Uh, Now I'm really looking forward to the anime, but I guess maybe a little less so simply because now I just dig the light novel, so I don't really care <laughs> about the anime when it comes out. Like, it'll be cool to see, but it's just a bonus. Really, now I just want to, you know, keep diving in, read Volume 8. Volume 9 comes out later this month, and I'm ready to just, you know, go ham on that. So yeah, I think since last Friday, so in, in the last seven days, I think I read like eight volumes in total. Seven of that one, and then I finally got my copy of the new... uh that time I got reincarnated as a slime, so I read that first, and then I was like, hmm, what can I read next? And So I'm a Spider, So What is actually somewhat reminiscent of that series. I said, all right, cool. This will feel like more of a similar thing. And yeah, now here we are. So if you're getting an impression that I like the series, good job. I do. I liked it. Um, there's kind of a lot to break down for it, and there's a lot I really can't talk about. Just because of the nature of the way this series is written, I don't want to give anything away, but I'll try, I'll be careful, I'll talk around some stuff. So let's start off with talking about kind of what this is, uh, for those of you not familiar at all with the series, and then I'll start to kind of break down what it is I actually like about it, Uh, and maybe some aspects that either, you know, aren't my favorite or just, you know, are there. But this story is an isekai. So flat out, it's a an isekai uh, fantasy. The premise is that our main protagonist, uh, she goes nameless through most of the series, but fans kind of refer to her as uh, Kumoko, which is just the Japanese word for spider kumo, plus ko, which is the the ending, the the kind of standard common ending that you can tack on to make it be a more feminine name or you know, name for girls is Ko, so Kumoko. Um, but that is never used in the series, and well, at least to date to volume seven. So she goes nameless, but just our protagonist. The story from the very beginning is split into different perspectives. You have our main protagonist, and as the title indicates, she is reincarnated as a spider, and this is in the you know, strongest, most crazy dungeon labyrinth in this reincarnated world. She wakes up as a low-level or, like, low version of a spider. You know, a big old weakling. And she's in this crazy-ass dungeon place or labyrinth. That's the main conceit. It's pretty much a, a fight for survival from moment one. And you get to follow her kind of insane uh, inner monologue as she just tries to get by, tries to not die, tries to level up. So that's the other 
kind of conceit of the story is that it is very game-like in terms of mechanics. There are levels, there are skills, there are stats, there's magic, all that stuff. Now, in contrast to some of the other series that make use of that similar gimmick, there's actually, and I don't want to, I, I can't say too much about this because it, it does weave itself into the plot, but there is actual uh, justification and plot relevant uh, story details that support that this use of like RPG game-like mechanics. That's all I'll say because anything further than that is like spoiler territory, but it has a reason. It is not there just to be there. It's not there to just make things easier for the writer or because the writer wanted RPG mechanics. It, there's reason. So I mentioned that the we have our main protagonist, but we also have uh, a running, or let me rephrase that, several running alternate uh, point of view chapters throughout each volume. The main one is uh, Shun, or at least early on the main one is Shun. He is an, a classmate. Well, I guess let me back up. Our protagonist is not the only one who reincarnated into this world. Essentially, their entire class, or her entire class, got decimated in a a thing that happened and so actually the entirety of her class was reincarnated in this world you'll learn as the story goes on who some of these people are you know the the teacher also reincarnated all the students did and they'll introduce you over time to the reincarnations but our primary two at least at the start are shun and our protagonist these stories are disconnected, but they are interwoven in many ways. Uh, I can't say too much about them, but one thing, at least to me, that was like very clear within Volume 1 was that they operate on different timelines, so they're not happening at the same time. I mean, pure logic dictates that they cannot be at the same time, considering how the reincarnation works. They reincarnate all as babies. So when our main protagonist wakes up as a spider and then we first meet, you know, Shun in his chapter, he's already, you know, a kid, basically. You, you know, basically, that they cannot have, these times cannot be the same. They're not going on at the same time. So it's not really a spoiler because you work that out really fast. Um, but what that does mean is that we're operating on several different timelines here for those uh, story beats. And that means that Shun's chapters introduce a ton of stuff about the the out or greater world outside of this like labyrinth dungeon thing that our main protagonist just doesn't know in her story. She, I mean, she's trapped in there as a little spider trying to survive. So we get more world development through Shun's stuff. We get to meet some of the other reincarnations. You know, a whole lot of other stuff happens through his that tries to give context to her story. They're not the only ones who get perspective chapters, or POV chapters, whatever. A number of other characters get POV chapters throughout the different novels, uh, or the volumes. While our main protagonist is the main POV for the primary chapters, every volume has 5 to 10 or so alternate POV chapters for different characters. Whether that's Shun, or you know his older brother Julius, for example, or this mage that you meet later on or 
another reincarnation you meet, like, and so on. They're not the only ones who get POV chapters. So our main protagonist's like adventure in the labyrinth is broken up by all these. They're much shorter, so I will give them that. Like these alternate POV chapters are considerably shorter than our main protagonist. You know, she'll get a big full-length thing, and then each of these like broken-up chapters with different POVs are only a handful of pages usually. You learn pretty early on that this world they're reincarnated to is kind of like a fantasy world. Um, again, I can't say too much more about the actual world itself because that's spoilers for later, but at least in the onset, it's very fantasy. Uh, you've got monsters, magic, abilities, stats, all that stuff. You meet different races, so you've got humans, elves, demons, and so on. There's even dragons, they play a pretty big role in the story. All in all, at least on the onset, you're dealing with a very fantasy world. I like that they end up kind of subverting that in a bunch of ways. I won't tell you how, but they do, and I actually think it's pretty cool where they start to go with that. And I think it, it kind of really ties things together. A lot of things that seem kind of weird or random or out of place, like if you're reading this and you're thinking, hmm, I wonder why this is that way. Well, there might actually be an underlying reason for it that you will learn later on. So getting back to our kind of main character POVs, in the early volumes, I would say our main character, like our main protagonist, Kumoko's chapters are significantly more interesting than Shun's chapters. His play out like you might expect a typical isekai story to go. You know, he wakes up in the body of a, a baby, but it's the baby of, you know, the third prince of this kingdom. And, you know, his best friend is reincarnated as, you know, like the daughter of a duke and all this stuff. And he's super powerful for, hu for a human. His stats are crazy. They call him a child genius, like a prodigy, all that stuff. Things play out very stereotypical for him. And that is very intentional in the writing. It is done to juxtapose what's going on with our, our spider. You know, she wakes up <laughs> as a freaking spider in the craziest, most dangerous labyrinth in the world, and she's got to survive on her own with no one else around, just a bunch of monsters trying to eat her and kill her all the time. So this side-by-side -side story beats really are trying to, like, hammer home that difference, or I guess that comparison to what you might expect from a standard isekai light novel story. I won't go so far to say that they're like parodying it, but it's clear it's meant there to be like a reflection of what's going on in each story. That, and they also use, or the author Okinababa uses those human, um, you know, alternate POV chapters to introduce a lot more of the world's lore and the world's current state in that time period. They introduce a whole bunch of other characters and reincarnations, so it can be used to supplement what's going on in parallel with the story of our spider in the labyrinth. You know, she will learn a skill or gain a new ability or wonder like, how the fuck does magic work? Why can't I get it to work? And then in the next POV chapter with Shun, you know, he's getting a lesson on how magic works. So it's kind of a back and forth used to supplement the world building. 
And then there's the fact that they are in different timelines. Shun's story is clearly in the future of our spider's story. And that remains true through, you know, volume seven so far. Uh, Shun's last like POV chapter was in volume five, actually. And it left on a fairly big cliffhanger. And the volumes, at least through seven, haven't come back to that yet. We're focusing solely on the timeline that our spider's in, in those volumes. So it, it looks like because of that, it might be a little while before we get back to that, like, I don't know if I want to call it a future timeline or the present timeline, but if if we're going by our main protagonist's perspective, that's the future timeline. If we're going by Shun's perspective, we're following, like we're catching up with the past or catching up with the present, rather. So either way, I can see how it might be somewhat confusing to people trying to follow the timelines, but strictly speaking, there are two timelines, that's it, it's really not that complicated. And then generally all the other POV chapters are in one of those two timelines, either that Shun timeline or Spider timeline. I can't really talk too much about the story because of the nature of this multiple timeline thing. Like anything I reveal about either timeline is basically a spoiler. Like in most stories I could talk about how, you know, it's cool that this happened or that happened or stuff going forward without or just like allude to. But in this case, they introduce a lot of mystery in Shun's timeline that they're filling in with the spider's timeline uh, as it like reaches his. So it's really hard to talk about kind of anything in either of the timelines um, in any level of like detail that makes sense to you. So I think I'll just not. Um, but what I will say is I enjoy the story. I think it's, it's well constructed. I, I like the way that they're introducing the mysteries, the way that they're alternating these perspectives with different timelines to build out the world in different like interesting ways and slowly revealing kind of the secrets of what's going on here. The story is quite enjoyable overall. I get a real kick out of it. I think the the characters, well, Shun's, the characters within Shun's story are, I guess, less interesting, but they're less interesting by design than our main spiders, like adventures. So it's it's not that they're worse, it's just that, I mean, they're humans. And it feels like a story that we've heard before. So in that respect, at least leading up to kind of as he continues into where the cliffhanger leaves off in volume five, his stuff helps build out the world, but it's also quite predictable. Whereas on the other hand, our our main spider girl, her stuff is wacky and funny. It can be really tense or really it, it can be just a lot of fun following her around you know, reading about her, just doing whatever she's doing. It's always kind of fun. Her inner monologues, like her inner voice is very hyper. <laughs> um, she quips at herself a lot. You often find her playing the straight man to her own jokes. And there's a particular plot line that really I didn't expect, but um, she gains an ability where she can split her consciousness into like equal parts of herself and then gives them like control over doing things like okay you you focus on the body you do magic you do information and stuff like that and so frequently at least for a while you have her having conversations with herself with other versions of herself and 
they are just a riot. She's such an idiot and so awkward and funny. So there's really a lot to love about her as a main character. She's just, she's awkward, she's funny. Later on when she actually, you know, gets to do more stuff than be in the dungeon, you can tell that she's also fairly kind and perceptive, but she's also like incredibly selfish and full of pride. She's very much out, you know, for herself to survive, number one, and everything she does is kind of in service to that, more or less. That's why, generally speaking, her chapters, the primary POV chapters, are the strongest material. She is a lot of fun to follow as a character, whereas Shun's story plays out somewhat stereotypically in a lot of ways, and especially the characters and their, like, characterizations. So... They're not bad in any means. I don't dislike them. I I think they're really helpful for building out the world and giving us, the audience, some additional like insights and stuff. But I care a lot less about all of them, I guess you'd say, than I do about the spider stuff. I mean, they're absolutely necessary. This story wouldn't work necessarily, at least the way that it's told, if we didn't have this multi-timeline gimmick. It's not really a gimmick, but the multi-timeline storytelling mechanic also because of that nature of storytelling with the multi-timelines with the two timeline and the the different pov chapters with the way that they're telling the story i really can't say a whole lot about the world building other than what i've already said or or the story because yeah there's there's just a lot i can't specifically talk about here so i think i'll wrap up there and just say that the main draw for this story, the main thing that will keep you coming back, and the reason I definitely enjoy this so much is that our main protagonist is so fun to read about and follow. The things she does, her inner monologues, everything about it is just very endearing, very funny. In a lot of ways, it, it, it does remind me of that time I got reincarnated as a slime with Rimuru, where you know he started off as a slime. Or always is a slime, rather. But the the point being, it's kind of someone gets reincarnated as a monster and they have to go and survive from there. They have very similar kind of worlds, world building. They have somewhat similar, you know, abilities and, and magic and leveling up and stuff. Not necessarily the leveling up part, but the fact that there's magic and the main protagonist is experimenting with different ways of using different abilities and skills and mixing and matching. It's very reminiscent. So if you at all liked that time I got reincarnated as a slime, you will likely enjoy So I'm a Spider, So What? There's a fair amount of overlap in terms of what there is to enjoy about it. Namely, really great protagonist. They're both isekai. There's both more going on than meets the eye. It has kind of game-like world mechanics and in both cases there's reasons for it but again setting that aside all in all a really enjoyable series it's very charming if you're at all arachnophobic for example i don't know how you'd handle it necessarily because you're definitely reading about spiders she is a spider um i don't personally like carry their way on spiders they're not my favorite but i'm not like deathly afraid of them or anything either so you know, the illustrations, the descriptions, none of that bothers me at all, personally, but your mileage may vary on that. Like, if you have an absolute earth-shattering 
level of aversion to spiders, like my mother does, for example, this is probably not the series for you, even if it is charming and funny. So just kind of, I guess, keep that in mind. <laughs> the main character is a spider. So that, that's going to wrap up my recommendation for this episode. I'm going to go back to reading, uh, or jump into reading Volume 8, and uh, really looking forward to that. <laughs> um, but that was So I'm a Spider, So What? by Okinobaba, published by Yen On, which is Yen Press's light novel imprint. There are eight volumes currently out. Volume 9 is due to release in August. Definitely go check this series out, it's funny. Or you could do like I was planning on doing, wait for the anime, see if you like it, then jump into the novels. But I didn't wait, I jumped right in, and now I'm almost caught up <laughs> to the English releases, so is what it is. Thanks for listening. Follow my Twitter, I am DocPay, for updates. If you like the podcast, if you liked Occupied, please leave a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. I'll catch you next time. Mm-hmm.